Martins Pickett with Guild Mortgage has been in the real estate industry since 1990. She started her career off as a real estate agent, and in 1995, she moved to Discovery Bay in East Contra Costa County. By 2001, she decided to switch from real estate to loans, and she felt that she already was assisting her clients in their mortgages, giving them advice. She had always done well in math, and she already had a degree in accounting, so this was a very smooth transition for her. She has four grown children, and she's also a grandmother. Today, she shares some great insight into the current market. She also specifically addresses forbearance. Let's give a warm welcome to Kathy Mertens Pickett. Hello, everyone. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Trish. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Yay. Are you all ready for Thanksgiving? Uh, as ready as we can be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, are you cooking or what are you doing? We are not. We're actually going to someone's house, which is the first time in forever that I've not cooked. But yeah, my kids are all all over the place. We've got, you know, parents with the whole COVID fear. So we're actually going to uh, my husband's sister's house. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So thanks for joining me today. You have been on the cover of the magazine since November 1st, and we did a wonderful article. I just wanted to shed some light and uh, really chat a little bit more in depth about the article that we wrote and talk about what's going on in the loan, you know, in the, in the business right now. And so um, just share real quickly a little, I mean, we told it, talked a little bit about your background, but um, tell us, um, just shed some light on a little bit more about your background. Okay, um, I have been in the loan industry for going on 30 years now. Um, started out actually as a realtor and then raising as a single mom raising kids, it was easier for me to do um, the loan at the time back then because I didn't have to be gone all weekend every weekend when they had all their sporting events and things like that. So. It worked out. Um, I found my love with loans. Um, I love the fact that every loan is different and it always keeps you on your toes trying to figure out how to make them work. Um, and I've been doing it ever since. So moved out to um, the Contra Costa area in 1995. And that's when I really kind of picked up with loans and I've been doing it there ever since. Wonderful. And you live in Discovery Bay? I lived in Discovery Bay for 20-something years. Um, I now live in Concord. Oh, okay, great, great. So you've been in the industry a long time. You've seen a lot over 30 years, I can imagine, just being in real estate in general. Um, you've seen the market crash. You've seen it go crazy. Um, tell us, well, I'm sure you never expected COVID to happen, but tell us what's <laughs> happened in your business since COVID did transpire? Tell us what you and your, your team did since COVID. Well, um, COVID was a whole new element for obviously for all of us, but especially for this industry. Um, it's been since it started and the first lockdown in March, we've kind of gone through all kinds of different changes. One minute we are, uh, you know, in the very beginning we were locked up in a lot of different places with everybody kind of trying to navigate through what the turnout and what the fallout and 
what was going to happen next between the stock market, the investors, um, just everything to do with loans. We lost in the very beginning, we lost the jumbo products. Um, we saw things that were for first time home buyers kind of change their parameters. They, they brought basically they backed down their ratios. So where someone could qualify at a 45 debt to income ratio, they had to go back to 43. Now, as we're as COVID is playing itself out and the stock market is doing OK and, you know, life didn't fall apart after the presidential election and all the different things that we've experienced this year, things are starting to loosen up again. We're seeing the jumbo products come back into play. We're seeing the um, Cal Heffa rates uh, or back end ratios expand again back to the 45. So little by little, we're coming back. Um, the biggest thing we have right now is there are certain industries that they really look hard at your loan because they want to make sure that you're still working or that you're going to continue to work or that if we go on lockdown again, your job won't be shut down. And those are basically the sadly enough, it's the service industries where those are being affected. You know, it's your restaurants, it's your um any type of bars, your, you know, cosmetology, hair, nails, all that kind of stuff is looked at a lot harder and it, and getting a loan for them right now is much more difficult because of the pandemic. So for the self-employed people, how difficult is that right now? If they happen to be one of those who are currently like uh, unable to have their business open I mean, is it, but they're self-employed. So it's not like they have a paycheck they're going off of. Are you able to get self-employed people alone, even if maybe their business is suffering? So depending on their situation. So we do, a, I still am doing a lot of self-employed loans. They, they have a little more stringent um, guidelines for them right now. Um, we have to prove. So, so for the most part, when you are a self-employed person, we go off of your last two years tax returns. So basically we're working on 18 and 19 taxes right now. Okay. But we have to prove in 2020 that your income is continuing. So that has been a little bit tough in that we are making them give us profit and loss we're making statements, basically. We're making them give us balance statements, which I've never really seen us ask for balance statements before. But that is a COVID guideline that most lenders are following right now. So we need a P&L balance sheet. And then a lot of times we have to prove that they still have income. So for instance, self-employed realtors, we need a letter from their broker stating how much commissions they, have they can be expected to um, gain in the next 30 days. Okay. Um, people that have actual companies, we want to see your accounts receivables for the next 60 days. That there's a lot of different, different ways. If you're just someone who takes a 1099 and you, but you're really kind of working for someone else, then we can use that person to verify that you are still getting your income and we can show deposits in your account. There's just a lot of ways. We just have to be really creative. Um, as long as you're working. Now, the people that aren't, it's hard. Gotcha. You know, it really is. It's, it, it, when it comes to your profit and loss statement, it's what you give us. It's not an audited profit and loss, meaning it's not 
signed or done by your accountant because you aren't really forced to go to your accountant until the end of the year. So we can't, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you just have to, each self-employed person has a different loan package and a different way that we have to verify that they, their income has still continued. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then when it comes to those business owners who have taken PPP loans, how is that, how do you see that affecting them getting a loan? So I've had a few of those and they, their thing is, is, you know, they took the PPE, PPP loan, PP, there's several different types. Okay. Some of them, you have to pay the money back. Some of them you don't, some of them you have to prove certain things. There are all different types. So the first thing we ask for when we see it and the way we see it is on the credit report, it's your, your credit report shows an inquiry from the SBA. And so that's where we find it for the most part, or we find it in someone's account. They have this large deposit and they say, Oh, well, that was my, you know, the, the 10,000 that everybody took. Well, yeah. that's, my loan. That was my, you know, so the stimulus loan. So then we have to go back and we have to find out why. Then the underwriter starts asking the questions. Then they start looking at why did you need this? Why did you do, you know, why did you ask for it? What did you use it for? We have to get the paperwork, which is really difficult because a lot of people just sign something online and then the money just showed up in their account and they actually don't know you know, am I paying this back? What do I have to do? What does this entail? So when an underwriter starts asking them questions, they can't answer them because they don't actually know the details. So we cannot use that money as income. So let's just say you're a hairdresser and you took the $10,000 and that's kind of what you lived on for, obviously they stayed, we stayed closed a lot longer, so that didn't really help. But in the beginning, you were thinking that's the way you're living on for two months, let's just say. We can't. So in their minds, their their income is still the same. They've still made the same year to date. We have to back that money out of their income. We cannot use it for income. They also I've had people try to use it towards their down payment and closing costs for homes. You also cannot use it for that. You cannot use it for anything other than your business. So if they're depending on that money, they deposited it, let's say, in July and they were trying to buy a house in August and it shows there, we have to back it out of the funds they have. Okay. So I've had people use it to pay debts off to qualify. Same kind of thing. We can't use it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? You know, they were thinking, oh, I'm going to pay this off. And then yeah. the house of their dreams, not thinking that they were not, nobody's trying to do anything wrong. Yeah. It's, you know, the average everyday person does not live their life thinking that they're going to need to qualify for a loan. Right. So so we all do things and we spend or we move money or we do all those different things and not understanding that an underwriter is then going to come in and say, well, why did you do this, this and this? So it's just we we kind of creatively are getting around all of the little things that have happened. Um, I everybody that I have had that has had the PPP loan, PPE, they're both. I don't know. Um, they've all gotten their loans. We've just had some little foot tricks and fancy footwork to get around them. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So now let's talk about forbearance mm -hmm. because a lot of people have are in forbearance. Um, some people need it. Some people don't need it. Tell us about the implications of taking on that forbearance. Okay. 
So when also when we started in March and obviously all over the TV, all over the news was, you know, we're going to go into forbearance. You don't have to what they tell them. They didn't have to pay, make their mortgage payments if they couldn't. They didn't have to pay their rent if they couldn't. It's not going to affect your credit. Well, it's true. It doesn't affect your credit score, but it does go on your credit report. It states and it doesn't matter if it's a credit card, if it's a mortgage or if it is a car payment. It states on your credit report, it shows a zero where your payment would be. And it states that you're in forbearance. Sometimes it says deferred, student loan deferred, even though it's not a student loan, just because that's the only thing that creditors they have. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, so people are thinking, no, you know, I, I didn't do anything wrong. But in fact, if you have those things, each different loan program has guidelines around them. So for instance, if you haven't made your mortgage payment and you get out, so, so you call up and you say, no, I don't want to extend my forbearance. I just want to start making my payments. And let's just say you were lucky enough that they took all the money that you missed in payments and they just tacked it on the back of your mortgage, right? Now, can I sell my house, right? Let's, let's face it, the housing market's gone crazy. Everybody's like, wait, if I can get that for my house, why not sell it? Yeah. You can sell your house, that money's gonna be tacked on, so you're gonna owe it, right? But now, can I turn around and buy something else? Okay. Each different loan program has a different guideline for that, and they keep changing on us. At first, it was you can't buy anything for three months. Now we're starting to see them come out and say, well, wait a minute, some of the programs are actually telling us you can buy. Now, when it comes to refinancing and taking advantage of these great rates, and you started forbearance, let's say in April, and you're still there, you can't refinance. That's that's straight across the board. You cannot refinance. Some people can't refinance for a year. Some people can't refinance for three months. They have to pull themselves out of forbearance, pay it up to date, and then make oh. the on time before you can even think about refinancing. Oh, so not only do they have to be have already stopped the forbearance for several months, three minimum, but they also have to have paid back that money that they on some products they have okay, to on some products. Back. Now, right now, a lot of the lenders are letting them and this just I've just started hearing this from my clients is that they're being told, no, we can tack it on the back and we're not going to worry about it. So so they go back to their creditor and they say, OK, I'm done with forbearance. I want to be taken out. I want to put it all on the back side. And then we wait to pull their credit and it doesn't show forbearance. Then technically, can we go ahead and do something? Yes. If they're if on their credit report under the area where it shows your payments, it shows that you've been making them. There's really not a whole lot of way of knowing. Yeah. OK. If your credit report basically says zero near the payment, the first thing we're going to ask for is proof that you've been making the mortgage payments for sometimes up to for the last 12 months. So I've had clients who have gone in and made all their mortgage payments at once. Um, that doesn't work. You know, we, we just, you know, when, when I, when I interview you for any type of loan, I know upfront your situation. 
Then we figure out how to get around and how to get creative and how to make it so that you can do what everybody else wants to do. Because let's face it, no one knew this. If they knew this, a lot of people wouldn't have done forbearance. Scared, you know, we didn't know. Nobody would seen a pandemic in their lifetime and they didn't know, you know, that this, they were thinking, I'm just going to keep all my money, you know, to myself because who knows what's going to happen to the banks, who knows what's going to happen to the world. And so they stopped making their payments and they kept it at home under their pillow, you know, and now we're finding out what's going to happen from that. You're going to have some people that their bank isn't going to allow them to put it on the backside and they want it all up front or they want to increase their payments to cover it in the next 12 months. Well, if you were already struggling to make your house payment and now your house payment's going to go up, you know, let's say you missed $15,000, for instance, of payments. That's, you know, easily $1,000 extra a month on your house payment. And you can't refinance. It's a lot of people think, okay, like we just talked about the, the, we go from forbearance to refinance. So we skipped all these payments and now we're going to skip two more in order. And, and, you know, then we're going to get back on our feet and we'll cover all the back, but it worked that way. And that's sadly what most people thought they were going to be able to do. Yes. And the rates are at like ridiculously low rates. Now, let me ask you this. What do you foresee? I know you don't have a crystal ball. Nobody knows the future, but what does your gut tell you about uh, next year and the rates moving forward? So every economic guideline that we have that we kind of take our, you know, planning for the next year for from is telling us that we will not see an increase in rates for at least next summer. It could be a year. The, the economy has to get back on its feet from the pandemic. Not that the stock market, everything is good there. It's just the economy really has to get back on its feet before they're going to make a whole lot of changes is, is what we're being told by all of our economic advisors. I wish I had the crystal ball. <laughs> Don't we all? I do. But, but every, every economic thing is telling us that we're going to, that we're going to stay low. We're not going to see anything jump up. Certainly, you know, our lowest rates of the year usually are in January and February. Okay. So, so certainly we've got some time, you know, I've got several people who jumped back in so that they could refi and are going to make by December, they're done with their forbearance, catching up stuff, and then they can refi, you know, right there in the first quarter next year. So we'll see. Wonderful. Okay. Well, everybody doesn't know already. This is Kathy. She's on the cover of the magazine. We have a nice article that um, is goes into great information, lots of details about what we're talking about and other information. And in the article, you state being completely and totally transparent with your lender is the most important part of your transaction. Tell us a little bit about that and maybe um, some, maybe give us an example of what can go wrong. What can happen? Yes. <laughs> okay. So it is absolutely the most important thing you can do, which is to be transparent with your lender. They have been in this business long enough, hopefully to know what to do, to know how to guide you and to know how to figure out everything and set your loan up 
for you to be able to still get your loan no matter what you've done. And that doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. It just means we need to make sure that you fit into that underwriter's box for what a loan should be. Um, if you don't tell us and we find out at the end, and believe me, we will find out at the end. We are like the CIA. We <laughs> everything out. You guys cannot believe what, what comes, <laughs> what happens. Um, and it's the most innocent of things. I had a borrower just this morning go to fund their loan. They quit their job in October. We've been in contract for 45 days. Nobody knew. We always, always call your employer before we fund your loan. Didn't do anything wrong. She just got a new job and she she went to the ne you know next level. It's a great job, blah, blah, blah. Didn't even realize or think because she was making more money that she would need to say anything. Well, as you can imagine, her loan did not close today. Now, luckily, she took the kind of job where she's salaried and it was really easy to throw it back to the underwriter, fix everything real quick and get it approved. And it will fund and record on Monday. But had it been any other circumstance, had she gone into a position where she was now um, a 1099 employee or a hourly employee, that would not be the case. We would not be able to do her loan. Um, little things like when we ask you and all lenders should ask you straight up front right now, have you been in any kind of forbearance? Have you um, not made your car payments? Have you not made your um, your student loan payments? Have you not made your credit cards? Because a lot of credit cards offered, you know, I get the calls all the time. If you're in financial hardship, you don't have to pay your bill. So, so if you've done any of that, we need to know. Because even though when we first pull your credit report, it may not show, credit reports are two months behind. So if at any time you skipped, and I've had people skip car payments and things like that, in order to save up for more money to put into the house, we will pull a credit report before we fund. We will call your employer before we fund. We will do just about everything we do in the beginning of the loan, we will redo it in the end of the loan, especially because of COVID. We have a whole new set of things we have to do for COVID on every loan at the very end to make sure you're still working. Because I have had more than my share this year of people who lost their jobs and didn't say anything. And we find out at the very end. So it's really important that you tell your lender, hey, this is what just happened to me, even if it's the middle of the transaction. Tell us what happened. what happened. We can figure out what to do. Okay. Well, that's absolutely wonderful advice. And thank you so much for answering my questions. The big question that I want to leave you with that everybody wants to know is, uh, tell us who is on the cover of the magazine with you. Aw, that's Bentley. Yay! <laughs> yeah, when you asked me to bring her, I couldn't for the figure out why you wanted my dog at that photo shoot <laughs> but <gasps> you tied it into the furry friends article so yes yeah i really thought you had lost it <laughs> i thought she is trying to make me into one of those people who has their dog on everything <laughs> no no well we, it was it was an honor for us to have you on the cover and bentley and um your doggy is just absolutely adorable. And <laughs> Thank but, you. But all this information is wonderful. Uh, we I really appreciate it. The article is great. I just want to remind everybody, you can still pick up your 110 magazine. Um, you can still get it online if you haven't 
you don't get it to your house every like everybody <laughs> in the Brentwood area does. And um, and you can always find us on social media. And we hope that you all enjoy your Thanksgiving and are safe out there. And thank you for your time today, Kathy. Um, I will just uh, leave you with, uh, we hope you find 110 Magazine easy to pick up, difficult to put down, impossible to throw away. And if you have any questions, you can find Kathy in the 110 Magazine. Thank you for having me and have a great Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to everybody who's watching this. Wonderful. Okay. Bye, Kathy. Bye. Take care. You too.